Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, Real Presence Radio. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger. I'm joined with my co-host, Roxanne Solonen. How are you doing this morning, Roxanne? I'm great, and it's always fun to be on with you, Father. I enjoy it very much. It's a wonderful day, and uh, we've got uh, a great show ahead of us. But uh, Roxanne, why don't we uh, turn the show over to the Lord, begin here with a prayer this morning. That sounds great. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us in this life. We ask you to be present with us here in studio. We ask you to be present with all of our listeners. May everything we say, think, and do be pleasing to you and meritorious for the salvation of our souls. We entrust all of our prayers to the Blessed Mother. Blessed Mary, please bring them to your Son. We ask these through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Roxanne, we've got a full show ahead of us here. We've got uh, going to be talking about apologetics. We've got our Catholic schools here in this Catholic Schools Week. We uh, um, Music, Mm -hmm. truth, goodness, and beauty we've got ahead of us here this morning. That's right. Uh, Carlo Broussard is going to be with us. He's... uh, I can't remember exactly where he's from in the South, but he's going to be coming up North pretty soon for the Real Presence Radio Banquet. So it's going to be exciting to kind of hear about his journey and how he got into apologetics. I know when I first heard that word before I knew what it meant, and I'm sure a lot of people make that mistake that apologetics means that you're apologizing, right? right? I mean, you are, but you know, it's a little bit different than that. It's more of a, a defense and an explanation, I think, right? A very, a very technical use of, uh, of that word apologetics. Right. So uh, it's a it's a call of every uh, every Catholic to be able to articulate what you believe and to defend what you believe, right? And so it's something mm-hmm. that we could always uh, always uh, do well with. So we're uh, looking forward to some information, um, some uh, some things that uh, Carlo could pass along for us. So we've had we've had a few technical difficulties. We've been on the edge here this uh, this morning, but I think slowly everything is settling in. So. Um, I think we are ready. Is do we have Carlo here uh, on the phone, ready for us? Not quite. Okay, so we'll, quite. we'll hang on here a little bit and and uh, and, and, and banter. What, what, what's going on in your life today, Father? What's... Well, you know, um, my my assignment as a priest right now is the vocation director, mm-hmm. and so I'm in charge of all the seminarians and, and guys who are considering priesthood. This is kind of a very um, busy, active time in the vocation office right now. Um, with guys here now in the second semester are oftentimes looking towards next year. Okay. And so the questions about uh, next year, should I, uh, should I make the plunge and apply to go to seminary? Should I, uh, uh, is the Lord calling me in a different direction? So the, actually this upcoming weekend, we've got a vocations uh, uh, retreat for men discerning, um, mm. discerning entering seminary. So the seminarians are going to help out with that. We've got some priests who are going to offer their vocation story. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of an exciting time. Awesome. Yeah. Well, sounds like we have Carlo with us now. So, Carlo, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, Roxanne. I'm doing very well. 
Awesome. Well, we're excited to hear from you, and we're excited to have you up in Fargo here next week. So, uh, yeah, I have uh, Father Metzger here with me. He's the vocations director here, and uh, we're just going to ask you some questions and actually just give you a chance to tell us your story about how you got into apologetics. I, I'm sure you've told that story before, but we're, we're looking forward to hearing from you about it. Could you start off, Carlo, by just giving us uh, just like what is apologetics for any of our listeners who might hear that term sure. and not know exactly what we mean by apologetics? Yeah, well, it refers to the practice of apologizing for the faith. <laughs> but of course, that brings up the question, what does apologizing mean, right? Uh, so it, what it does not mean is going around saying we're sorry for being Catholic. <laughs> What it does mean is going around giving a clear, reasonable, persuasive explanation and defense for the Catholic faith. And it comes from the Greek word apologia, which means an intellectual defense, answer, justification for one's position of belief. And that Greek word is actually used by St. Peter in 1 Peter 3.15 when he says, always be ready to give an apologian, an answer or a defense or an explanation but the reason of, of for, uh, to anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is within you, and do it with gentleness and reverence. So even our first Pope, inspired by the Holy Spirit, St. Peter, uh, even our first Pope, St. Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, instructs us that we need to be ready to give an answer to those people who ask us why we believe what we believe as Catholic Christians. Wonderful. Now... Carlo, by trade, you are an apologist. This is what you, what you do for your, what you've dedicated your life for. Can you give us a little like background? Like how, how did you get into this? How does somebody become an apologist? What's your history? Yeah, yeah, Father. Well, I come from a music background in southern Louisiana. When I was growing up as a Cajun boy in the South Louisiana, I was pursuing a musical career in playing Cajun music. I played the Cajun accordion. And for you listeners who don't know what that is, they can Google it, and, and uh, they'll see some online pictures and, and audio clips of myself uh, playing the Cajun accordion. But I started when I was 13. I had my own band at 13 years of age and was pursuing that career, recorded my first album at 13, and recorded a second album at 16. And I played Cajun music and pursued that career all the way until I was 20. And when I was 20, I gave up uh, the whole music career pursuit and actually called off a recording project that we were scheduled to begin a week before that session. And I called it off and gave up music entirely in order to begin pursuing theology and philosophy. And the reason, Roxanne and Father, that I did that was because right about, I don't know, 17 and a half, close to 18 I had uh, I was introduced to apologetics through the ministry of Tim Staples, who's now my boss. <laughs> and I heard his conversion story, and for the first time, I was introduced to this thing called apologetics, explaining the faith, defending the faith, and that lit a fire within my heart. It inspired me, and it was by an infusion of grace, because I was not an intellectual kid. Uh, education, intellectual formation was not on my radar as a young boy who was in the bars on the weekends playing Cajun music <laughs> and uh, in the nightclubs as well. Uh, but by God's grace, it attracted me, and I began to study my faith and learn apologetics. And through that growth in knowledge, I grew in love for Christ and His Church. 
and conviction grew within my heart. And I discovered a newfound dream. I wanted to do what Tim Staples was doing. And so I set out to begin pursuing that. And I was about at the year, right around when I was 18, and about 15 years later, I came on board at Catholic Answers, and that initial dream that was started by Tim Staples' ministry came to fruition when I was able to actually work with the, with the gentleman who started it all for me. And so it's been quite a journey. I'm As a mother, I'm curious to go a little bit backward again and ask you, yes. what kind of Catholic or home did you grow up in faith-wise? Like, what formed that? Was there anything there that planted some seeds, or, or was this just an eruption later in your life as you encountered Christ? Yeah, Roxanne, I'm glad you brought that up, because it's a great testimony to the power of a mother's witness, uh, because the religious sense was implanted in me through my mother's testimony and her witness. Uh, as a young boy, about 10, 11 years of age, I had some profound religious experiences, thanks to uh, my mother. She was a devout Catholic. She was every morning praying the rosary. I have vivid memories of waking up in the morning for school, and there's Mom on the couch praying a rosary, watching Mother Angelica on EWTN. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I can remember Mom praying at night before bed. She was always in prayer, and she led the youth group at our parish. She led the choir. She led us to World Youth Day in 1995 in Denver, Colorado. And she would always bring us to retreats, like these Youth 2000 retreats that used to be held, thousands of teens gathering together to worship our Lord in the Holy Eucharist and praise and worship. And I had some very profound religious experiences through all of that. And so my mother indeed implanted within me that religious sense, However, that religious sense was eclipsed, uh, not entirely, but uh, partially, when I began uh, hanging out in the nightclubs and playing music in the nightclubs. Uh, so, but thanks be to God, due to the ministry of uh, my sister, who was involved in, in Catholic retreats and stuff, and then I had a good Protestant friend who introduced me to an intimate relationship with Christ, and then, of course, the ministry of Tim Staples, uh, that eclipse began to subside, and the light of Christ began to shine forth again within my heart. Carlo, uh, Father Mesker here again. Um, I, I took your advice. I googled Cajun accordion, and you know your <laughs> listeners here are in North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin. We don't know the Cajun accordion. No. <laughs> Could you not. pack that on the plane <laughs> when you come up for the banquet, and 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 maybe you know nostalgic kind of reminisce uh, your childhood yeah. there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I probably won't be able to do that. It's quite a task to travel with that thing. Uh, but actually, for your listeners, you can go to my website, com, and if you type in the search engine, Blast from the Past, I have a page on there where I uploaded about five audio clips from a festival that I played when I was right around 18 or 19 years old. And you get a sense of the type of music I used to play. So there's sort of a folk traditional style of Cajun music that I started out playing. But as I began to try to pursue a career, you got to play the nightclub circuit. So we began to play more sort of a rock and roll feel to, and blues and stuff like that that we played with the Cajun accordion. So 
and you can kind of get an idea. We do have North Dakotans. We have Lawrence Welk is from North Dakota, and I think there was an accordion in his band way back in the day. So, you know, there's some polka things going on here, and I think there's 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 a tie in there. <laughs> yeah, polka. There you go. Our, our German, uh, particularly German ancestry. Um, Carlo, when, when you're starting to see this might be something that you're interested in, um, is there is there study? Is there training? Is there certain skills that yeah. you want to foster in the in the field of apologetics? Yeah. So I mean, it's, that's an interesting question, Father, because even still to this day, Catholic Answers is pretty much a very unique and one uh, only one of a kind apostolate for being an apologist. Uh, so the general rule of thumb is you get your degrees in theology, start studying theology and or philosophy, preferably both and. And so you need a deep theological and philosophical base in order to do apologetics. But apologetics does sort of go beyond it, because it's as an apologist, you have to try to dabble in a variety of different areas of thought and cover a variety of topics to be able to engage in conversation with atheists and agnostics engage in conversation with skeptics, to engage in conversations with Protestants. And so it does require a unique skill of dialogue and conversation and being able to articulate the faith and articulate responses to objections on your feet. And it's a skill that's an ongoing process. So there is a distinction to be made between the study of theology and philosophy and apologetics, but the study of theology and philosophy is absolutely essential especially in formal training uh, in, in the field of apologetics. And I would imagine a natural aptitude, some gifts as well, um, that would Indeed. go along with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, the, the ability to engage in public speaking, there are some great minds in the Church who are just geniuses when it comes to theology and philosophy, uh, but they don't quite have the ability to articulate on the spot and speak, you know? Uh, but, nevertheless, you know, you can still engage in apologetics in written form as well. But given the type of work that we do at Catholic Cancers, uh, public speaking is involved, and so that's a skill that we have to hone as well. Well, say, Carlo, we need to take a break here. We want to keep this conversation going, though. Um, Carlo is going to be speaking at the Real Presence Radio Banquet, uh, banquet um, here in the city of Fargo on Monday, February 8th. So this is kind of a, a preview of, of Carlo's work in apologetics that he can share more with. On the other side of the break, Carlo, we'd like to talk a little bit about the specifics, maybe specific topics that are, are prominent in the conversation today. And uh, maybe what our, our listeners could, um, uh, uh, could benefit from for them to... Uh, uh, speak to the truth of the beauty in the church in their um, lives. So you are listening to Real Presence Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger. I'm joined with Roxanne Solonen in studio, and we will be right back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. 
We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Roxanne Solonen with Father Kyle Metzger this morning, and we have Carlo Broussard on the phone. We're very happy to have him here and preview his upcoming visit to the um, Real Presence Radio fundraising banquet, which is going to happen on Monday. So if you're planning to go to that, I think you're in for a real treat. So, uh, Carlo, before the break, we were kind of just getting into the meat of what an apologist is. Um, And one of the questions we had is what sort of questions are out there right now that you're kind of repetitively dealing with as far as needing to explain and communicate the faith? Well, that's a great question. There's a variety of questions that we're constantly dealing with. I suppose one that's very prominent currently is articulating the nature of the papacy and the nature of Catholic doctrine and the different levels of teaching uh, from the magisterium and which of these levels is infallible, which levels are not infallible, and, you know, what is the sort of assent that is required from us as the faithful Whenever the Pope gives a certain teaching, uh, whether it's in his ordinary magisterium, whether it's infallible, or whether it's outside of his magisterium completely and just expressing a personal opinion. So we've been getting a lot of questions concerning that, and good questions, and questions that need to be answered in order to help us uh, navigate waters, uh, navigate some of the current waters, and we're going to... uh, you know, Pope Francis and the things that he says in order to have a healthy understanding of the papacy so that we don't go awry and fall off the uh, the pathway, whether to the right or to the left, right? 
and to have a, a healthy approach in order to be uh, respectful of our Holy Father in his office uh, and be able to analyze the certain things that he puts forward. So that's uh, some of the prominent questions. We also get a lot of questions, of course, currently with regard to church moral teachings concerning human sexuality, so issues dealing with uh, same-sex attraction and same-sex sexual activity, a distinction to be drawn between those two, and of course transgenderism and how we as Catholics can engage in that conversation in order to charitably critique some of the modern ideas that are contrary to God's design for human sexuality. And of course we're always dealing with contemporary issues concerning the relationship between faith and science and how to uh, defend God's existence in face of modern contemporary scientism, which says science is the only legitimate form of knowledge uh, for knowing reality, and we have to be able to defend the philosophical approach to be able to come to knowledge of God's existence even beyond what modern science can detect and tell us about. Uh, so defense of truth, defense of God, and the, I mean defense of Jesus is just on down the line. We're getting... Uh, the same, we're always, you know, nothing new under the sun, right? The questions just keep coming in. And then, of course, our bread and butter at Catholic Answers is we're always dealing with questions that deal with Protestants. And purgatory, one of those top-ranked topics, and I actually wrote a book on that recently called Purgatory is for Real, Good News About the Afterlife for Those Who Aren't Perfect Yet. Not perfect yet, which that's a pretty big audience there, Carlo. <laughs> now, it's interesting when, when the, where, you, where you started, Carlo, where you mentioned kind of articulating and understanding um, the, expanse of, the expanse and the limitations of papal infallibility. Now, I would imagine those types of questions come from Catholics themselves of understanding that, or maybe not, you can correct me. And then kind of the second category, would you say, those questions more so come from non-Catholics. So do you, do you see kind of like two yep. big bra uh, categories of, of articulating the doctrine to Catholics themselves and then articulating doctrine to non-Catholics? Yeah, that's very good articulation, Father. Concerning the first category, yes, the, the majority of the audience asking those questions about people infallibility are Catholics. Uh, however, we do get some questions from non-Catholics as well who might try to appeal to certain things that the Pope says and say, you see, aha, papal infallibility is false. And of course, we have to be able to respond and articulate the nature of papal infallibility in a correct way in order to address that objection. And then concerning the other questions that come about concerning Catholic moral teaching, well, we get a lot of Catholics asking those questions as well, <laughs> because many Catholics actually have a hard time embracing that teaching, and if they even do embrace it, they have a hard time understanding the rationale behind it, right? Because we are dealing with sensitive issues where we have family members and friends who engage in immoral behavior, and it's like, you know, how do I critique that behavior and say it's immoral while at the same time still loving them? And so we have to untangle all of those issues. So that's a matter of both and, both Catholics and non-Catholics. And then when it comes to the question of purgatory, like I mentioned, hey, a lot of Catholics ask about that as well. It's not necessarily a challenge from Catholics, right? It's just more of a seeking deeper understanding. But with regard to our Protestant friends, of course, they're going to be challenging that particular belief. 
You know, one of the things uh, I'm thinking about as you're talking about all this, it's one thing to have the knowledge, and I'm sure you have to continually be educating yourself and, and such, but also the disposition, right, to talk about Amen. people in a wounded world. I mean, whether Catholic right. or not Catholic. So how do you approach that? I'm sure there's a lot of prayer involved. And Yeah, you, you can have all the truth in the world, but if you're a jerk in communicating that truth, it will be ineffective point blank, period, exclamation point. So the testimony of the Word in speaking about the faith must always be complemented by the testimony of one's life and living out the Christian way of life and conforming one's heart and mind to Christ in order that when one encounters us as Christians, as evangelizers, that they feel the presence of Christ, that they see Christ, that they experience Christ. Uh, Because if they don't trust us, then they're not going to hear a word that we have to say about the gospel and about the truth of the Catholic faith. And and the basis of that trust is holiness, right? So, if, like, you, like you said, Roxanne, prayer definitely comes into play, and we must always be seeking to live out the presence of Christ, to practice that constant presence of Christ, being in tune with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to envelop our hearts with His love. Right. We're not wanting to club people over the head, but to woo them to Christ. And so I think we need to always keep that in mind. What advice would you have for the common? I know there's a lot of people out there that want to articulate the faith. It's becoming more uh, urgent to do so in kind of a post-Christian culture. But but I think a lot of people feel uneasy, ill-equipped. Uh, they, they don't quite know how to approach it. So how, what would you um, suggest to the, the ordinary citizen out here? Yeah, it is true. You know, we're all on a different state of our journey of knowledge, and we're all called to defend and explain the faith in in different ways. Not all of us are called to do it professionally. You know, not everybody can research all day, every day, like we do at Catholic Answers. But to some degree, we are called, right? So we we just have to start doing the reading and doing the listening, right? So that's why we exist at Catholic Answers, Roxanne and Father. We exist to provide materials to the ordinary folks, books and CDs and DVDs and podcasts, and for, for folks to start reading through and listening and watching and gathering up those nuggets, you know, those arrows to put in the quiver, so that when they do engage in a conversation and a target presents itself, they're able to have the appropriate arrow to shoot at the target, and the target is the heart, of course, the mind and the heart of the other so that they can lead them and woo them, as you said, as Christ does, and invite them to conform their hearts and minds to the truth of Jesus Christ and His Church. Trent Horn was here last week, and we got a, we got to hear him in, in, in various places. That, that was a wonderful oh, thing. Wow. Yeah, and one and one of the things. Um, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought about Trent Horn. He he was just really helpful, though, in terms of uh, sure. approaching people. And um, yeah, I can't remember yeah, the Trent, question. Trent, Trent, he he focused Trent a lot. Go Trent ahead, Carlo. Is an excellent, Trent is an excellent practitioner of the skill of apologetics. Not only is his knowledge very deep, but he's an excellent practitioner of the skill in asking the right questions at the right time in order to lead an individual to the truth, sort of the Socratic method, right? So you always want to ask what, and then you always want to ask why. And that not only applies to us in defending the what and the why, but also asking others, what do you believe? And then why did you believe it? And then begin to press on those reasons for their belief and see if it can stand up to the scrutiny of reason. 
I just remembered what I was going to, the point I was going to make about his visit. One of the things he said is, we're, in order to do anything, you have to be willing to be bad at it. So, in other words, we, sometimes we just have to try and just jump in and, and just right. do it. And, and then, you know, from there, and we can also admit that we don't know everything and, and to be humble in that way, but to, to offer, you know, that we'll research it or whatever. So, in, in other words, you know, we just have to dip our toe in and see where it goes. We've, uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, one of the things I've always thought is, you know, work with what you got, you know, recognize what you do have and share that which you do have. And whenever you recognize what you don't have, then you seek to gain it, right? And that's going to apply in conversations. Here's what I have to share. I share it in the conversation. And if you don't have it, then recognize that limitation. And then, as you said, Roxanne, you can always gather that new knowledge and share it once you gain it. Carla, we've got just about one minute left, but... um when we hear about apologetics or evangelization, sometimes we have the caricature of like the, the guy standing on the corner yelling at the, the, the gospel. What would you say for our listeners, if they want to evangelize, explain the faith, who's their audience? Who do they, who do they speak to? Yeah, well, the audience is everyone, right? It's kind of like the, the good Samaritan, who is my neighbor, right? It's everyone. Uh, the one thought that comes to mind, Father, is what is expressed in my first book, Prepare the Way. I see the ministry of apologetics like the ministry of John the Baptist. We're simply a messenger for the Lord, removing obstacles, making the curved path straight, lowering down the mountains to make a level path, so that our Lord, who approaches those to whom we're speaking, uh, can approach them with the truth and with life. And that's our role, just to remove those barriers and obstacles. And that's what apologetics is all about, so that somebody can encounter the Lord. Beautiful. You know, I think most of us have more to offer than we realize. So um, we have our faith, and we have our experiences, and sometimes that witness is is enough. Amen. Carlo, thank you so much. And if anyone's interested in hearing Carlo in person, check out our website or email jessica at realpresenceradio.com for more information. And up next, are you looking for an engaging musical experience? Stay tuned for our next segment on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 